Well, hopefully you have all of the Christmas supplies and all of the gifts purchased and ready to go. For the big day is upon us. The only thing left is practicing your responses to receiving any gifts that you might not like. <laughs> Here are the top 10 responses for bad gifts. Are you ready? Number 10, I never thought I'd have one of these. Number nine, oh, wait till I tell all my friends at work about this. They won't believe it. Well, 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 now there's a gift. Number seven, no, really, I, I did see a tie. Oh, wow, it's a clip-on, too. <laughs> you know, I always wanted one of these. Now, jog my memory, what's it called again? Number five, you know what? I'm going to find a real special place for this. <laughs> Number four, boy, you don't see detail like this every day. <laughs> Number three, and it's such an interesting color, too. Number two, you say it was the last one, huh? Uh, how about my luck? And number one, you shouldn't have. No, really, you, you shouldn't have. <laughs> well, we've been talking about Christmas carols on Sunday mornings this Christmas season, and we've been considering some of the rich theology and some of the biblical basis behind each one. Uh, Franz Xavier Gruber wrote the song Silent Night, in 1818 in Oberndorf, Austria. It was sung for the first time there in St. Nicholas Parish. It reached America in 1839 and was sung for the first time in New York City. Today, the 1935 version sung by Bing Crosby is the fourth best-selling single of all time. This carol gives us three descriptions of what the silent night was like when Jesus was born. These are three things that I think all of us wish to have. Number, number one, it says all was calm. It, it, it was calm. I heard about a lady who waited till the last minute to buy her, her Christmas cards. She hurried off to the Walmart just hoping there would be something uh, there that, that was left. And as she came around the corner, she was so pleased to see that, in fact, there were two boxes of 24 cards each right there in the middle of the shelves. And, and all of the shelves above it and everything beside it and all the shelves below it were completely empty. But she grabbed those two boxes, she went up to the cashier, she quickly paid for them, she went home and she rapidly went through each one and signed her name to them. She addressed the envelopes, she stamped them, she drove quickly to the post office and she got them all mailed in time for the recipients to have them on Christmas Eve. She went back home, she went in and kind of crashed there on the couch. And she reached over and she picked up the only leftover card she had, leaned back on the couch, turned on the television and began to read the card and she was horrified to read the following. This little card is my way of saying a special gift is on the way. <laughs> Joseph, the, early, the earthly father of Jesus, got the shocker of a lifetime when he learned that Mary was going to become the mother of Jesus, the son of Almighty God. The two were betrothed in marriage, meaning they were a step between engagement and the actual marriage itself. Oh, he loved Mary very much. The last thing that he'd ever want to do is to see harm brought to her. 
So his plan was to divorce her privately and kind of slip, uh, to let her slip off into seclusion without penalty for her apparent betrayal of him and their marriage bed. However, in the midst of all of this confusion, frustration, disappointment, and embarrassment, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, appears to Joseph in the night and Gabriel calms him down. Matthew 1, 20 and 21 says, But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Because he will save his people from their sins. Now, Joseph, he may have had a lot on his mind that night. He may have been thinking about taxation increases. He may have been thinking about the upcoming census and the travel to Bethlehem that would be necessary. He might have been thinking about work in the carpentry shop. He might have been thinking about political tensions and the possibility of, of war. He may have been thinking about his suspicions that his beloved Mary had been unfaithful to him. But Gabriel... The angel of the Lord appeared to Gabriel, and he put his mind at ease about Mary for sure. But the biggest concern that Joseph had, or could have had, should have had, would have been any sins that he had committed against our holy and perfect God. But Matthew 121 says that Jesus would save his people from their sins. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I want you to know that I am part of the all and all have sinned. And so are you. And so is Joseph. Whatever your biggest fear or anxiety is tonight, nothing could possibly compare to what it would be, what it would be like if you were stuck in the guilt of your sins. Can you imagine what if you had never heard of the story of Jesus? What if you believed in God and you knew you were imperfect and you knew there was a literal heaven and a literal hell and you knew that you were not good enough to go there on your own and that you were stuck in your sins and you came in here this evening to sing some songs? Wouldn't the words have kind of been meaningless to you? Wouldn't you have been preoccupied with that sin debt? Romans 6.23, three chapters over, the same verse says this, though, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages, what we've earned, what we've deserved is eternal separation from God, but the gift, what we don't deserve, what we have not earned, what is just offered to us as a gift, a no-strings-attached gift, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We quickly take for granted that which we already have. If you're born again into Jesus, your sins are forgiven, you are filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you belong to God as his son or daughter. That's incredible. And if you didn't already have that, but you found out tonight that you were receiving it, think how happy and how grateful you would be. You, you, we, we, we wouldn't be able to contain your joy. It, you would be so ecstatic if you were just now hearing that good news for the first time. Have no fear. Calm down. Jesus really did come to the earth on Christmas Day, and he came to do for you, for me, what no one else could do to save us of our sins. All is calm. All is bright. <laughs> the second thing that that song teaches us is, is that all is bright. I heard about three men from Charlestown, Indiana, my town where I grew up in southern Indiana, who were so excited because they had been asked to be in their Christmas pageant. 
as the wise men. <laughs> and they showed up for the night of the, of the dress rehearsal, and here they came in dressed as, as firemen, <laughs> all three of them. And one was carrying an axe, one was, was carrying a, a fire extinguisher, <laughs> one was carrying a, a ladder. And they came in, and the director was shocked over this. She said, what, what are you guys doing? One of them said, well, you said to go home, read the Christmas story, and we read where, th where the wise men came from afar. And here we are. Now, if you were from southern Indiana, you'd understand where they were coming from. In fact, I used to grow up going to the Henryville uh, forestry, and we would go up in the far tar. For those of you who don't know, that's a, 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 a series of stairs that lead up to a lookout for forest fires. Well, there really were wise men in the Bible, and they really did come from far away. And they came not out of confusion. They knew their role, and they knew why they were coming. Now, here are, uh, you know, there are some details about it that kind of mess with our nativity scene a little bit. It wasn't right away when Jesus was first born that these wise men came. They came probably as he was somewhere between you know, crawling and maybe as old as two years old. And they came with a purpose. And we always talk about the three wise men. We three kings of Orient. You know the song. And there may have been just three of them. We don't know specifically. What we do know is that they brought three kinds of gifts. Matthew 2, 1 and 2 says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. <laughs> Man, King Herod was freaking out over that, as were all the people. There was quite a stir. Now, three wise men probably aren't going to cause quite a stir, but a whole big group of them coming into town, brightly dressed and bearing gifts, probably was quite alarming. And everybody wanted to know, what is the meaning of this king of the Jews? And is there going to be turmoil? Is there going to be a battle? And King Herod was on high alert. And he summoned all of the priests and all of the teachers of the law, all the religious experts together. And he says, what do you know about this, this Messiah, this Christ? And they, they began to tell him everything that was predicted about him. And that he would be born in Bethlehem. The name Bethlehem means house of bread. And Jesus is the bread of life. And this special little town, obscure little town, had made its way into the Old Testament prophecies that the coming Messiah, the one who would set his people free from their sins, would be born in Bethlehem. Herod calls in the magi, the wise men, and he says, hurry off to Bethlehem as your plans are, and when you find him, you come back and tell me where he is that I too may go and worship him. <laughs> How many people know Herod did not really want to go and worship the Christ child? <laughs> Which is why he wanted to kill every boy two years old and under because he felt threatened over this coming Messiah and what his leadership and his rule would mean. Matthew 2 verses 9 through 10 says that after the, the Magi had heard the king, they went on their way and the star this bright star that they had seen went and it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the Christ child was. <laughs> That's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? A bright star in the sky literally moving and leading these wise men to the exact place where Jesus was. And when they saw the star, it says they were overjoyed. 
Somehow or another, they knew the meaning of the star. <laughs> they knew that it would lead them to the Christ child, and they knew that the Christ child had come to set his people free from their sins. And they worshipped Jesus. And they gave him those three kinds of gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold would be used by Joseph and Mary to, to escape to, uh, from Herod and to flee to Egypt with Jesus in the tirade of, of Herod to put all of these boys to death. And Jesus would escape with the use of the value of that gold. Frankincense would be used for worship. It was often used in the sacrifice of animals as a kind of a, uh, an aroma-enhancing uh, aspect of the sacrificial uh, rituals that people would do with the animals. And Jesus Christ is the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And myrrh, of all things, <laughs> myrrh was often used as an embalming material. Uh, they would take a sheet, they would lay a dead body on it, they would wrap it around, they would sprinkle this myrrh on, on the sheet, and then they would roll it around again, and they would make several layers of this with the myrrh sprinkled in between each wrapping as the body would be wrapped. And of all gifts to bring to a baby, to a young child, to a toddler, they brought myrrh. An angel of the Lord spoke to the wise men and warned them not to return to Herod, and so they, it says they went home another way. John 1.9 says that the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. And we know that light to be Jesus. He said it in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7 says, This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. He came to set his people free from their sins. And one final thing that Silent Night teaches us, all is calm, all is bright, and it teaches us that we have heavenly peace. It was peace in the midst of the chaos. Peace in the midst of the chaos. Luke 2, 8 through 9 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. These manly men, these shepherds, these outdoorsy, rugged men who were trained in fighting off wolves and lions and sheep stealers were terrified by the angels. But continuing with verse 10 in Luke 2, it says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. So a whole, a whole sea of angels in the sky praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, these shepherds went, and they went in a hurry to Bethlehem. They went at once. They did not wait. They went, and they got to see, and they got to witness Jesus, the baby, the one who brought peace. This Christmas season, in the few hours that we have remaining, I hope that you'll grasp 
the silence of the night, the calmness, the brightness, the light that is Jesus, and that you will be filled with his supernatural peace. Someone has written that the Lord Jesus Christ, who we exalt at Christmas, is not just a baby in a manger. He is not a character in a children's story. He is far more. The first time he came, he came veiled in the form of a child. But the next time he comes, and we believe it will be soon, he will come unveiled and it will be abundantly and immediately clear to all the world who he really is. The first time he came, a star marked his arrival. The next time he comes, the whole heavens will roll up like a scroll and the stars will fall out of the sky and he himself will light it. The first time he came, wise men and shepherds brought him gifts. But the next time he comes, he will come bringing gifts of his own to reward his, his own. The first time he came, there, were, there was no room for him in the end. The next time he comes, the whole world will not be able to contain his glory. The first time he came, only a few attended his arrival, some shepherds and some wise men. And the next time he comes, every eye shall see him. The first time he came as a baby... But soon, he will come as sovereign king and Lord. When we gather, we take what's called the Lord's Supper. Uh, we break bread. The bread has no yeast in it. It's thin. It's crunchy. It's not meant to taste great. And that bread is a representation of the body of Jesus. And the, the yeast, there's nothing wrong with yeast, but in this, this symbolism, uh, the yeast represents the sin. And so we have this sinless body. Of Christ and we we drink grape juice fruit of the vine that represents the shed blood of Jesus that was not spilled it was intentionally poured out for you and for me no one took his life from him he gave his life for us and if you are a believer that Jesus came and that he lived among us and that he died for us and he rose from the grave and he ascended on high and if you believe that he is the Savior of all men and that he came to set you free of your sins we invite you to join us this evening as we observe the lord's supper as we remember his death until he comes would you pray with me please father god i thank you for your amazing love and lord as we as we take of this communion this evening god i i'm so thankful uh, i'm so thankful lord that my sins though they though that they be many god you have washed them all clean and that, God, I'll be able to stand before you one day just as if I had never sinned. God, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, God. I thank you for the way in which he, he fills us and enables us to pray in ways that we can't even begin to groan, God, that you're able to, to hear and to understand our prayers in your divine way. And, God, I pray that this Christmas season, that, God, in the silence of the night, God, we will be reminded that we can be calm and that we can know the truth and have light in the darkness. And that, God, we can be filled with your supernatural peace because of Jesus. Because he came and he did what he came to do. And he gives us the victory. God, we make this our prayer and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.